Praise the Lord. Father, we just open our hearts to you tonight. We thank you. You have great things in store for us. Every one of us, Lord, has a destiny you created us to accomplish and achieve. And so tonight we open ourselves with desire and longing that, Lord, we would arise to the very best we could be. That not one of us would be led by the crowd, but, Lord, would be led by the Spirit of God into the purposes of God. And our lives would make a mark today in the day we live. In Jesus, we give you all the honor and the glory. You led the example. You gave the example. You made a mark in the day you lived. And now, Lord, you've called it to be our turn. And so, Lord, we pray you'll help each one of us to make a mark, to run the race and have a mark and an impact wherever you've placed us. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I want you to open your Bible, Acts chapter 3. Got something to share with you. I want to share a message called Release What You Have. Release What You Have. Much better than holding it back, isn't it, eh? So if you've got a shout, how many got a shout in them? Well, there's one. That's not many. I'll tell you what. Now, I'll tell you what. I've got to do this. I just go, I've got to do this. I can't even see. There she is. All in red. Now, she's got something she's got to release tonight. Are you ready? Come on over here. Into the microphone. Come on. Here we go. Now, of course, she's been to Africa. Now, what I want you to do is see if you can do this. I mean, this is really, this is, you've got to be really, really good to be able to do this. And uh, she went all the way to Uganda and just learned this. I don't know what it means, but it sounds good anyway. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, ready? Ready? Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Yay! There you go. Come on now. See how many can do that. Okay, we're ready, Anna. Have you got that? You got one of those in you? Come on. <laughs> Anyone think they could? It's not easy, is it, eh? Oh, Joy can do it. Joy can do it. And Joy... There you go. Got something in you. It's got to get out. Isn't that right? Something in you. It's got to get out. I want you to have a look in the next chapter 3. And uh, we're going to have a look at a story. And uh, I want to just share with you several simple keys that are just going to be a help for you as we get into Acts chapter 3. First thing to understand, God has something he wants you to do. You weren't born in here just to breathe air and eat food and just have a good time. Far much more than that. God's got something for you to do. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, We are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ under good works that God prepared before we were born that we would walk in them. In other words, God has some things for you to do which are a part of a daily lifestyle. He got some things planned for you today, got some things planned for you tomorrow. If you don't get up and ask him what, you'll never know what he's called you to do. You'll never have a day that brings God to people. And so every one of us here got an opportunity to make a difference in the life of someone. You may not change the world, but you can certainly change some people's world. And that's what we need to do. We need to rise up on the inside, begin to start to connect with God, and start to determine our lives are going to have an impact. You are called to have an impact. No one wants to get to the end of their life, and they look back on their life, and they say, well, what was all that about? A lot of people do that. They've got no purpose, no sense of a destiny, where they're going for eternity, and no sense of focus that I'm here today to make a difference. And God wants you to make a difference with your life. He doesn't want you just to fill in time. He's called you for more than that. When Jesus called us into relationship with God, it was not just so we could go to heaven. If going to heaven was what it was all about, he might as well take you there right now. Beam you up. But he didn't. Eh? And the reason he didn't is because you've got a work here to do on the earth. And so every generation, God has called to people to listen to him and to do in their generation the work that he's called them to do. 
All very well to look in the Bible and see great men and what they did in another generation, but this is our day, it's our time, it's our challenge, and it's up to us. You say amen to that? Tell somebody, see, God wants you to do something. Don't just sit there breathing in and out. Say something. (laughs) There's no shortage of people who are tormented by spirits. Absolutely no shortage of them at all. There's not been any place I've ever been into the world where I haven't found people tormented with fears and anxieties and worries and pressures and don't know what to do with them. They pay money for drugs, they pay money for alcohol, pay money for all kinds of stuff, try and get rid of the pain, and you and I have access to the answer. So he's going to deliver the answer, see? God, he's put something in you. He wants to get out of you. We can talk about that in just a moment. Why don't you have a look with me in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I want to share with you several simple keys to releasing what you have. Of course, you've got to have something to give, first of all. So the Bible tells us that Jesus said this. He said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. God wants to put his Holy Spirit in you and then get you filled up with the Holy Ghost every day so that your life can have an impact. When the Holy Spirit is in you, joy can be on your countenance instead of deep down so deep no one ever saw it. There's a few people like that. Their their joy is real deep. So deep you can't see it. Now, I don't like joy like that. I like joy that bubbles out and shouts. I love it with the young people jump and shout. Now, that to me is an expression of joy. That tells me at least they're alive. Come on, let's give a shout. Come on, wind it up. Let's give a shout. One, two, three. Ho! That's it. There's someone living over here. Try over this side over here, shall we? No, no, I don't think we're... <laughs> I don't think we're better. You know, we might have to raise the dead. <laughs> now, we're going we're gonna to just share a few simple keys. I want you to... Sh- Here's the first one. Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. The first thing, if you're going to release something out of your life that will have impact with others, you've got to build a relationship with God. You have to be a person of prayer. If we don't pray, we will never have anything to give to God. Prayer connects us to God. It gives us and its goal, its primary goal is intimacy, knowing Him and listening to Him. As a person who prays regularly, you expect that you'll hear God. You expect out of worshiping him that God will begin to speak to you and drop things into your heart. If you slow down long enough to listen, God will speak to you in your spirit about things he has in your heart, he wants for you to accomplish. You'll begin to start to find dreams growing in your heart. You'll begin to find as you worship the Lord and begin to center your life and your love on him, you begin to start to find longings to come into your heart. You want to do something. You want to make a difference in someone's life. You know there's something that God has got for you to do. Prayer connects us to God, the source of the life. Prayer also releases and empowers us to do something to help other people. Prayer releases the power of God in our life. If we're not going to pray, we won't have anything to change anyone. Young people, don't wait to grow up. Do it now. Start praying. Get up tomorrow morning. Start to pray. God, I want my life to count today. God, I'm reaching out to connect with you. God, I want to touch you today. I want your spirit to come and fill me. As I worship you, I expect to encounter you and to draw your presence into my life and to release it in the day. That's the way to start your day. That's a good way to start your day, isn't it? Man, a lot of people, don't, a lot of teens don't start their day like that. They kind of have to be dragged out of bed, dragged to the door, and dragged out into the car, and dragged off to school, you know, and they get there to wake up about 10 o'clock. Now, why don't you try and get up and pray? And that would be a huge difference if you get up and pray. So prayer taps us into the supernatural. 
build a strong prayer life of tongues. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues yet, then what you need is the Holy Ghost. So you can you can fill your spirit with the life of God and have a difference. You can do that. You just need the Holy Ghost inside you. He wants to get out. When God wanted you to belong to Him, He put His Spirit in you. The Spirit of God makes you owned by God. God looks and says, you belong to me. You're mine. I paid a price for you. And I've got something for you to do. There's someone needs what you have. You say, well, I don't have much to give. doesn't matter. If you start giving it out, you'll get more to give to others. So the first thing is prayer. Unless we build a habit of prayer, connecting with God and beginning to pray for the situations we face in life. Pray for opportunities. Pray for God to touch your friends' lives. You know, the way, only way young people are going to come to Christ is if you start to pray and reach out to them. So number one key, connect with God. Build a life of prayer. Notice here, they came into the, uh, prayer, the hour of prayer. They spent an hour in prayer. How about that? What a great goal for you to set that you slowly build your prayer life so you begin to have an hour of prayer where you're pushing into the presence of God, listening to God in the Word of God, letting God set the program for your day. What I've noticed is this. If you don't pray, you don't seem initially to notice very much about that. It doesn't seem to make a lot of difference. But over a period of time, you no longer have things happening around your life that used to happen. When you pray and you pray passionately and you pray strongly, you begin to bring God into your life and into the life of those around you. Say, man, amen. God wants you filled up with the Holy Ghost. Never been filled with the Holy Ghost, then that'll be a great thing for you to get tonight. Tell someone you need the Holy Ghost. Hey, you know. And if they don't, if they they haven't got the Holy Ghost, need the Holy Ghost. They might even need deliverance. Have a look in their eyes if they need deliverance. They look, you know, they may need deliverance too. Okay, number two. So first of all, we need to build strong prayer. Number two, look for opportunities. Look for the opportunities. Yes, verse two, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, and they laid him daily in the gate of the temple called Beautiful to, to ask for, for gifts of money from people that came into the temple. So opportunities are everywhere. Opportunities are everywhere. Here's a man, this particular man was crippled from birth. In other words, he had never once in his life walked. Never once in his life jumped. Never once in his life danced. Never once in his life rode a bike. There's a lot of things he never did. He could not do them. Why couldn't he do them? He's crippled in his legs. He's a man without any hope of it being different. Now notice, because he's crippled, there's several things that happen to him. The first thing you notice is he gets carried by his friends. He becomes a, he's dependent on others to get him through life. The next thing you also notice is he's dependent on begging. He doesn't have a job to earn an income. He manipulates people's emotions. When you go over to Asia and some of these countries there, it's absolutely heartbreaking to see some of the people who are begging for money. You see mothers holding a baby and late at night and they're begging money. And uh, you see all kinds of things in some different countries. We don't see it here. But here's, so here's a man whose life has been dramatically impacted. But there's heaps of people around you. And maybe they're not physical cripples, but you don't know whether they're crippled in their emotions. You don't know what kind of family they come out from. You don't know what kind of situation is in their background. You can't always see the, the crippling that's in people's lives. But one of the things that's always sure if a person's crippled, they lean on others. Because they can't stand up and walk for themselves. God doesn't want you leaning on others. He wants you to have inner strength that you can stand up and be able to lead and influence others. And so you need to be healed. If you come from a broken family and there's been damage done in your soul and emotions, you may be crippled, unable because of fear or hurt to enter into relationships and live a normal life. 
God wants to touch you. There's heaps of people around just like that. And here's a man. There are opportunities everywhere to touch people. You're on the plane. You're on a bus. You're down the street. Wherever you go, there are people that have a need. The thing is, are you looking for the opportunities? Are you actually getting up every day thinking, God, I could change someone's life today. I could have a difference in someone's world today. Someone you will bring into my life, I'm going to touch them with the presence of God. Now, maybe it doesn't happen every day, but friend, if you're not praying and expecting, it'll never happen. You'll look for the opportunities. They're everywhere. People who desperately need a touch of God. Uh, I notice uh, a lot of t- turmoil has taken place locally just as a result of these accidents. A lot of young people being killed. And I've looked and listened to some of the responses of young people. I tell you what, they're crippled. They need help. But it isn't going to be me who does it. It'll be you because they're your friends and they're crippled. But do you see them? Do you see opportunities or you just see problems? What do you see? You see, the person who prays starts his life off connecting to God and goes out saying, God, give me an opportunity to make a difference today. It's an attitude of approaching life. Give me an opportunity today to make a difference for someone. Opportunities everywhere. We've got to look for the opportunities. Second thing about opportunities is, you know, so first of all, the opportunities are everywhere. The second thing is we need to open our eyes to the possibilities of what could be. So you've got to open your eyes to the possibilities. That's what the Bible says here. It says, Peter fastened his eyes upon him. He fastened his eyes upon him. Now, what he did was he, he gave him a stare, a look. Get the look. It wasn't a frowny look. One of the things I've noticed, the Bible abounds. I can give you a few examples of it. The Bible abounds in some examples of people. It's interesting. Jesus did it and Peter did it. Paul did it. That they looked. They didn't just look. When you look around, you can look at people and just see lots of people here, lots of crowd. Or you can look with the eyes of your inner man to see a need. It's a looking with an expectancy to see past what's obvious on the outside. It's the looking that the Holy Ghost gives you that enables you to see needs in people's life. I practice doing that. I practice looking to see needs, to see opportunities. Even looking around now, I can see heaps of them. You think you can hide, but you can't hide really to a person who looks in the Spirit. And you see, because God's put His Spirit in you, you can now look and you can see things others can't see. I've sat sometimes in a coffee bar, looked over, pointed out, see that woman over there? She's just full of grief. I said, how can you know that? You haven't even spoken to her. I said, I see it. If you know what to look for, you'll see it on the countenance. And so it says, Peter fastened his eyes on him. And when he fastened his eyes on him, it was with the desire to see something that could help the man, to see what God wanted to do. It says of Paul in another place, it says Paul was preaching, and as he was in the middle of preaching, he fastened his eyes on a man and saw that man had faith to be healed and immediately stopped his preaching, and the guy got healed. It says Jesus looked upon people, and he saw things. He perceived their thoughts. How about that? See, this is the realm that God wants us to live in, and you don't get to touch that realm unless you're a person of prayer with expectancy for the Holy Spirit to show you things. We need to expect God will show us things. You look, sometimes you can be intimidated by adults, but adults are just people too. So you can look at them as an adult, oh, or you can look at them and see, oh, hey, they haven't got their act together. They've got issues. Now, some, I was walking down the beach the other day, and I had this, saw this girl. Now, she had it like this. She had it 
she had a t-shirt on and it had on it, uh, you know, have a statement on the front of the t-shirt. This one had, I have issues. <laughs> well, I don't know whether you realize it, but actually people walk around and in the spirit, they've got a sign, I've got issues. You just got to be able to see it. You got to look for it. You see, if you're caught up with yourself, you'll never see it. If you're wrapped up in yourself and about, it's, it's not all about you. If you could just get tapped into God and say, well, when I go out today, I'm going to carry the life of God somewhere. I got something to give. I wonder who I can give it to. And you don't just give it to everyone. You're looking for where the opportunities are. You're looking for the person that's got a response in their life. You somehow, you can see, I've looked at it and I just see them and you start to notice something about the person. And God can then stir you to do things. Wonderful, isn't it, eh? You know, you know, no one's looking at me now. Because <laughs> look at the heads, look at the other way. In case I might see something. Well, I might do too. I haven't a few of you. And see, so you have a choice then whether to take advantage of that opportunity, having seen something. He said he fastened his eyes on him. You've got to learn to look, not for problems in people. I never look to see people who've got problems. I look to see what God wants to do in their life. Look to see what could be. You look at people and you see the mess they're in. Try and look at them and say, what could be here? You look at people and they've got a failure in their life, but what could be? You look at someone and they're, they're strong and stubborn, but they could be a determined leader. You've got to look with the eyes of faith. You've got to see people like God. God sees people of value. There's no junk in God's eyes. When God looks at people, he doesn't see any junk anywhere. He sees potential. He sees possibilities because he's got plans in heaven for every person on this earth. You go to school perhaps and you see all these young people there and you see that. They don't seem to care about God. Listen, God's got a plan in heaven for their life. Do you see it? Do you look into their eyes and see there's possibilities here? See, if you start to look at people like that, you know what they feel? They feel you really see into them. They are aware of it. And they don't sense rejection. They sense acceptance. And they want to talk. It's quite surprising when you look at people with an eye of, and a heart of compassion. It says of Jesus, there was a leper came up to him and he looked on him and was moved with compassion. He saw the need, saw something, and he needed a miracle to bring into that man's life. So look for the opportunities. Here's the second, here's the next thing we need to do. Get people's attention. You notice what John said? Look on us. Look on us. Now, most people don't want to say that. They get religious and say, oh, well, look on God. But no, God has planned to put his spirit in a human vessel, and you carry the presence of God, and you've got to get involved. You can't sort of stand off at a distance and pray and hope God will do it all. He's not going to do that. You've got to actually get people's attention. I was in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a restaurant in Australia one time. You've got to learn how to get people's attention. See, a lot of people want to live their life without getting anyone's attention. Don't want to be noticed. Don't, don't notice me. Don't notice me. Well, listen, you've got to hang up. You need deliverance. You need to know, i got something. I just got something I got to find out who to give it to. That's all. Eh? And so we're in the coffee bar there. And we come in there and there's a young guy there. And I got his attention. He was our waiter. And actually he was gay. Now, of course, you could look at a gay waiter and say, oh, I'll have another waiter, thank you. I didn't say that. I just touched him. I said, how are you doing? And uh, his name was Nigel. Actually, I said, Nigel, I'm so glad you're looking after our table. You know what? Nigel gave me number one top treatment all that night. Because I just looked at him and saw a person in need. Didn't see the gay, saw the person in need and saw the possibility of reaching him. 
Later on in the evening, we're in there, and there's a table, and, and, uh, and some people were having a birthday. There was a girl, obviously, having a birthday party, a teenager, and, of course, she sort of had a family there, and she's a bit awkward. The family, everyone's awkward. I didn't like it. It was sort of not a good family scene at all. And so they kind of bought a birthday cake and sang happy birthday, and it was so pathetic. It was so pathetic. And I thought, well, you can just sort of become embarrassed and, and sort of and awkward about it all, or you can get them to look on us. And so what I did was I just leapt up. I said, is it your birthday? Oh, what a great day. Hey, folks, everyone, it's her birthday. We're all going to sing happy birthday. And she sort of went red, but inside she was glowing. We got the whole restaurant into singing happy birthday. We got everyone's attention. You've got to learn how to get people's attention creatively. Okay? And that's what Peter said. Look on us. He wanted the man. He'd already perceived in his spirit. God wanted to touch the person. Now he says, look at me. Look at me. Look at us. Look at us. Because we've got something for you. You see, the thing is, you have to know you have something for people. Or you won't want them to look at you in case they see your faults. You have to know that you have a standing with God. Or when people look on you, you feel ashamed of who you are. You have to know that you carry the life of God. Or you won't have anything you can be competent to give to people. Look on us. I was amazed. We were in a business meeting uh, just on uh, Friday night. And, uh, and, and I was just talking and sharing some stuff. And a guy ran up to me, just literally ran up to me afterwards. And he, he, I got his attention. So you've got to get people's attention. You've got to be creative ways of getting people's attention. Isn't that good? See, most teenagers don't want to do that. But actually, if you're going to make an impact, you are going to have to get everyone's attention. And you've got to figure some smart ways out of doing it. Not religious, goofy ways. We hold a banner up, love Jesus. You know, you'll be pelted with water bombs. I would be one of the first. I would just, if I was in the crowd, I'd pick up the water bombs and hurl them at those stupid Christians too. That's not the way you get people's attention by doing dumb things like that. You've got to learn to get attention creatively. Eh? And it takes boldness, you know. Bring abandon. Don't just hide out in the school and the little club and we're just meeting there. Do something and everyone knows you're there. Hey, say, talk to Dave and say, we need a band to come in here. Can you got any bands that can come around and do a loop of all the schools? And then what we'll do is we'll put big, big signs up everywhere. So look, everyone. Hey, you've got to be creative on it and get a good band that knows how to pump it like we can do here tonight. Get them down there and pump the noise up. I was, Dave was showing me something on a website, and I thought, man, I love that. You know what they got? They got this, one of the churches there, and they got a big Holden SS V8 ute with signs on the side and sound in the back. Boy, that says, look at us. You know, I want to get one of those. I saw that. I've got a dream now. <laughs> I, I, want to get, I want to drive it. <laughs> you hear that? You know? Everyone, you know when I had the V8, everyone looked. The motorbike, everyone looks. You got a Harley, everyone looks. It's got a sound that everyone recognizes. Look on me is what it's saying. Oh. Come on, when I went up to, uh, to, to, uh, to Tauranga, uh, the pastor up there, is, uh, he's, got, he's got a Harley. In fact, got a whole group of Harleys there. And so they brought them all around for our family to go for a ride. So we had four Harleys. This was great. You know what the best part of it was? That as we drove down the main street of Mount Monganui, you know what four Harley says? Look at us! (laughs) 
you know, and they got the helmets on, and every alarm that was in every car down either side of the street went off. It's all gone. Man, I loved it. It was great. All we need to do is stop now and preach the gospel. Catch them all by surprise. We think we're gang members now with the helmets and hair and stuff. I, mean, I didn't have the hair, but I felt like having some put on under the thing to hang down the back. So it looked like I had hair, but anyway, it was great. But we've got to get attention. Got to figure some smart ways to get attention. And when we're getting attention, don't you hide out. You come out and get real bold and sort of do the cool thing. That's so uncool, you need deliverance. You're part of the problem. See, we've got to actually break out. You say, man, so he didn't say, oh, well, we're just the humble servants. God said, look at us. We've got something for you. Yeah, so we've got to find creative ways of getting people's attention. Say, look at us. Right? See, and there's lots of ways you can get people to look at you. One way is by serving them. People notice when you serve them well. That gets attention. Cause people to look again. When you serve people, when you actually are interested in people and kind to people, it gets their attention too. Because a lot of people don't do that. When you, when you work and do things with excellence, that gets people's attention. Then when you ask questions, that gets people's attention. Then you do something outrageous. That gets people's attention too. Just, and the funny thing is, the more outrageous and bold it is, the more it gets people's attention. And people actually, you know what I've noticed about people? They actually love someone being bold. They actually do. I, I remember, what's the name of that guy, that mayor down in Invercargill? Tim Shabbol. I remember he got elected mayor and he hitched up his, his, his uh, concrete mixer behind the mayoral car and took it down the town. Well, talk about got attention. He got attention all over the country. Because he just did something that no one thought of doing. And you know what he was doing? Drawing attention. It wasn't just drawing attention to himself. Drawing attention to the area he's in. He's done the same down there in Invercargill, of course. Now, people think he's weird and crazy. I went to university with him, so I know what he's like. But you know what? He's, he's actually hugely impacted the whole economy of their area. Because he wasn't afraid to say, look on us. Look at us. We've got something. Something different. So he offered free university fees to everyone. You know what? Everyone jumped and went down to Invercargill. Now, the whole economy's changed. See, you, you've got to actually do things that draw attention in a creative way, whether it's serving or asking questions, being kind, whatever it is. Okay, so here it is. So we've got to get people's attention. Here it is, last couple of things. Here it is. You've got to know what you have. You notice what Paul says? Peter says, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. He knew he had something. Do you know you've got something to give? You've got to know you have something. If you've got up and prayed, if you've spent time in the Word of God, if you've built your faith life, if you've started to practice moving in the Holy Ghost in little ways, you know you've got something to give. You know you've got something to give. Now listen, you look around the class of those kids there, every one of them's going to hell. And you don't even know whether it be this week, next week, you don't know whether some car's going to go up a tree or go over a thing and roll or whatever, and there it is, there'll be some coffins lined up, and they're in hell burning. You know they're going there. You know they're there now. And you have got something that can change it. You need to be bold about it. You need to be strong about it. You need to be confident. I have got something they need, even if they don't know they need it. So if they don't know they need it, I've got to get their attention somehow. Let's figure out a way to get their attention. Just do something different. And I love it when people do something different. Man, I remember, do you remember we had these, these, these power teams? And they, 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 oh, they were great. They broke handcuffs and they bent things. And 
men. You know what? Now here's the funny thing. The funny thing was, the church is the people who got upset with it. The church has got all upset. It was very worldly and it was not right. And da, 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 da. I looked and hundreds of people have come. It got attention because it said, look at us. And then they shared their testimony, shared the gospel. Heaps of people got saved. In, in City Harvest, uh, Pastor Kong, his wife's son, he's, uh, he launched her into a singing career. And uh, it's got so good that she got even into uh, America, got on the charts in America. It's broken up because it got into America. Now she got into China. She's, a rep- she's uh, opened doorways into every area of China, which was the original goal. But the biggest opponents were the Christians, because the Christians don't like anyone saying, look at us. We're too humble to say, look at us. We don't want anyone to look at us. It was time the church got out of the cave and stood up and said, look at us. We're doing something great. Look at all these young people on fire for God. This is great. Come on. You've got to start to do some things. And we need to know we've got something to give. Moses didn't have much. See, you've got something you can give. At least thing you can give is the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. If you're a Christian, you know Jesus did something. Tell it. Tell it. God said to Moses, I want you to do a big job. Get these people out of Egypt. He said, how can I do that? What do you got in your hand? A rod. He said, that'll do. God's, God's power on what you have can make a difference in the life of someone. But you've got to be connected to God and be willing to take what you have. Now, you know what he did? He stood in front of the Pharaoh. He said, look at this. And threw it down. Now, I'm sure he probably thought, what happens if nothing happens? Changed into a stick, into a serpent out there in the desert. But will it do it tonight? It's always got that element of faith, hasn't it? Eh? A bit of a risk. Got everyone looking at you as you walk out on the water. Well, it's going to work or you'll splash and sink. It's better to do something than nothing, isn't it, eh? Better to do something. Have a, better to go down valiantly than to have done nothing and be boring. Isn't that true? Go on, do, go down valiantly. Let them hear that we've got some outrageous Christians, young people, that are bold and making a difference. Eh? Why not? Why not do that? See, David, what did David have? David just had a slingshot and he saved a nation. So what do you got? You got nothing. Got a slingshot. That'll do. Okay? Young boy had loads of fish. What do you got? I've got a couple loads of fish. That'll do. God will use what you've got, not what you don't have. He wants to use what you have. We're waiting for, we've got a lot. Well, a slingshot isn't a lot to deliver a nation, but it did. A rod isn't a lot to deliver a nation, but it did. See, when you've got God working with you, that's what makes the difference. You can do something. Maybe you've got music in you. Maybe your music could do something. Get there and sing a song and tell a testimony. But if you're going to do it, make them all look at you. They don't look at you, you failed in the job. You know, you've got to do it in style. Do it in style. Come on. We need a bit more of that. New Zealanders are so conservative. So conservative, you know. But, you know, one of the things I've noticed is we love it when someone else is being bold. Because we'd like to be like that. But we're too timid because we worry too much about what people will think. They know what they think. They're going to think it anyway. Just get up and have a go. Better to be thought, wow, look at that. You know, than what a wimpy person that person is. Better be known for the right thing. See, so what have you got? Take what you've got make it available. God could use it. The last thing is you need to release what you have. So you've got to know what you have. And finally, you've got to release what you have. He said, such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And so he spoke boldly and he acted boldly. And that's what seems to do something that releases the power of God. You've got to do things very boldly. You've got to do things boldly. Otherwise, it doesn't kind of work. And so you've got to start to think, I've got something. Have I got anything in me? If I haven't got anything, you need to be on the next altar call. 
If you haven't got the life of God in you, you need to get up in an altar call and ask yourself, she said, why? What's wrong with me? What am I missing? I'm missing out on something. See? So the first key, prayer. Build a prayer life where you're connecting with God, praying and expecting opportunities. Secondly, look for the opportunities. Opportunities are everywhere. You need to look for them and, 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 and get your eyes set to see them. God can open our eyes to opportunities. You can, you can find them and discover them everywhere. You just got to see them. You've got to look for them. And they're never convenient. They always come and you're on the way somewhere else. You've got to know what you've got. You've got to know what you have. Now, you see, that comes out of a relationship with God. I know I've got the Holy Ghost on me. I know that things can happen through me. I know it. How do I know it? I know it because little by little by little I've worked at it. And now I know from experience and from what God's done in the past, I can do certain things. There's other things I'm going to do next year. Okay? But you've got to think like that. We've got to get people's attention. Find a way of getting someone's attention. Ask them questions. Talk to them. It's amazing. Sometimes they tell you off and abuse you, but it's not often. But you can get people's attention. But get it creatively. And then whatever God's given you, release it boldly. God's given you something, and you know it's a testimony. Tell it boldly, never timidly. Man, I loved it when Jürgen was here, and he just told young people so clearly when they, when they asked, you know, get back there on Monday. Say, hey, what would you do on the weekend? And I went to church. He said, what would you do on the weekend? I got drunk. You know, and that's it. You know, they hear a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Man, I don't, how many heard what he said, how to answer that one? Man, that was brilliant, wasn't it, eh? And I just go there. Well, I went to a meeting, and the atmosphere was electric, and the power and presence of God touched me, and I felt good inside, and my spirit lifted, and I began to get ideas and dreams about my future, and I've come away powered up today. And you threw up in the bowl and have got a headache? What a life. Man, you need to get a life. That's no life at all. I can tell you, I've been there. I've had my head down and my tail up. And I tell you, it's no life at all. How many know it's no life at all? Hey, that's it. Good, honest people around here tonight. Fantastic. Okay, so we see some simple keys. Whatever God has put in your hand, use it. If you have a testimony, speak it and speak it and speak it. Because every time you speak it, you will release the presence of God that came on the original miracle in your life. And someone else could come into it. We need to hear testimonies of what's been happening in your life. You need to be ready in this coming months to jump up. Say, this is what God did for me. This is a prayer. God answered my prayer. God did something great for me. It does something to change us. You say amen? Father, we thank you. This is a new season for us. It's a new season of boldness, a new season of breaking out, a new season of gaining people's attention so that we might advance the kingdom of God. Father, I pray for a spirit of boldness to come, an anointing to be released into people that will begin to stir their faith and stir them to be outrageous for Jesus Christ, to break out of the box, to do something different, to rattle the cage, to not accept the status quo, but pray and persevere until God... God breaks through and some lives begin to change. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Now there's some people here tonight. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I tell you, I saw something tonight that was a bit different. Uh, did, you, did you? No, oh, you saw, saw him with a handbag. Is he? And yellow shoes. Where's the yellow shoes? Dear God, I like this. This is all right, mate. This is good. You have the bag. Is that your bag? That's a good bag. That's great. Here we are. We're all ready to go. We need to pray with some people tonight. Get them delivered. Fantastic. Man, I saw Dave come back with yellow shoes. I ain't seen anyone in yellow shoes before. Come on, show the shoes, Dave. Now, does that get the attention? 
You've got, to be, you've got to have a bit of cheek in you to wear yellow shoes. I haven't seen any, have you ever seen anyone wearing yellow shoes? Well, Dave, Dave's the only ones, eh? And you know what? Everywhere you go with yellow shoes, you know what it shouts out? Look at this, everyone! <laughs> Look at this! Praise the Lord. Okay, we want to pray for people. If you're here tonight and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking tongues, you need that tonight. You can't be bold unless you've got the Holy Ghost. If you haven't got the Holy Ghost, why don't you come on quickly up to the front? If you're not freed up in tongues, why don't you come up the front now? Let's all stand. Come up to the front now. We want to pray for you, Holy Ghost, to get around your life. Come on now, there's a whole heap of people tonight. Don't speak in tongues yet. Come on up. We want to pray for you. Come on, everyone out of the corner. That's right, up to the front. That's right. We turn the lights down. We get some others up. Come on, let's give them a clap as they come. That's the one. Come on up. Come on up. Wait, 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 wait. I've got to teach them first. Come on now, there's some others here not filled with the Holy Ghost yet. We want to pray for you to get filled with the Spirit of God. Let me just explain quickly how this happens. We'll get a line along here. Church, you want you all help me with this one? Come on, that's right. Just get in a line and face me. That's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. This is going to be good. Come on, who else have we got doesn't speak in tongues? Come on. You all want to be able to speak in tongues. And when it's a great language, it's a language of the Spirit. Man, this is good. This is good. Now, I want to just teach you quickly in about three steps how to receive. Okay? It'll be real easy. Okay, I'm going to give you a few steps how to receive. This is what the, this is what the Bible tells us very clear. If you want something from God, you've got to want something first of all. When you stand praying, whatever things you desire, you've got to want it. Do you want the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues tonight? Yeah. You see, now that to me isn't really strong desire. Do you want something? Do you want something? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. If you say so. That's not desire. Okay, I'm going to ask you. Do you want the Holy Ghost tonight? Yeah. That's more like it. See, that's how you get. That's God takes notice of passion. Right? Number one, you've got to desire. You've got to want. Number two, you've got to ask. I'm going to lead you in a prayer to ask God in just a moment. You've got to ask Him for it, see? And number three, we have to take, we have to receive. Whatever things you ask and desire and ask in prayer, you need to believe you receive them and then they're yours. Desire, ask, believe. Believe the moment we pray for you, God's Spirit will touch you. The Bible says this promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for you and you and you and you. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Prayer is talking to God. We're going to pray and ask God to give us the Holy Ghost and the gift of tongues. Then we'll lay hands on you. When we lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit, this is what I want you to do. I want to take a deep breath. Just receive what God has given to you. Just like that. Just an act of faith. Then... I want you to speak in tongues. He said, I don't have to speak in tongues. I've never heard I speak in tongues. Now listen, you'll have the gift then when you believe. So it says, they spoke as the Holy Spirit within them gave them the words. So you've actually got to speak. You're not trying to work it out from here. You just speak. It rises from in here, but you have to speak. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to have our youth leaders come and lay hands on you and pray. The moment they lay hands on you and pray, take a deep breath. <sighs> Receive the Holy Ghost and then by an act of faith begin to speak. Just relax and let the flow go. Your mind will try and argue. Tell your mind, be quiet, shut up, I'm speaking in tongues. Just listen, you know. You just See, tongues doesn't come from the mind, it comes from the spirit. So you've got to tell your mind just to be quiet and not argue. Minds argue. Stop! Receive the Holy Ghost. You get any idea? 
Okay, now this is what happens is after we've prayed this prayer, we'll get everyone to lay hands on you and pray for you. Just take a deep breath, and then you receive the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. Everyone is going to be speaking in tongues. It's going to be a big noise. Yeah, that's it. That's more like it, a big noise. Everyone goes, whoa. We're going to make a huge noise of speaking in tongues. So I need more than two youth. I need more than two leaders to pray for people. Come on, I need a whole heap of people to pray for people. Come on, Peter and Bryden and, and Dan. That's right, let's get them up here. That's the one. Okay, we all get ready. That's it, we're ready to go. If you've got your friend up here, well, you can help them, you see. Are we all ready? This is going to be great. Now listen, listen, just listen to me. It's real simple. You are asking God to give you something, and he will give. We just got to receive. Okay, we're all ready? Praise the Lord. Then we'll play a great song, have a great old time together. Maybe some people need to be delivered to stuff. We never know. Why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Lift your hands to the Lord. Close your eyes so you forget about people. Close your eyes. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lifting your hands is a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender. It feels uncomfortable because we don't want to surrender. We want to run our life. But you can do it. Just lift your hands or both hands or one hand. Now I want you to follow me in this prayer. Jesus, I come to you tonight. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. To praise you. And to become powerful inside. Tonight in Jesus' name. By faith. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the gift of tongues. And I thank you, Lord, that my life has changed from tonight. I will praise you in tongues tonight. Okay, church, you all get ready to pray in tongues right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we release the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. We release God's presence and power. That's right. You begin to speak in tongues now. Michelle, come on up and pray. Michelle, Ian, Michelle. Come on, Ian. Come on, Ian.